Hello, I'm Penny Borum, and I'm here to chair a discussion about some of the important issues arising from the material in the album. I'm joined by Earth in Crisis course team members Dave Humphreys and Jessica Buds, and we also welcome Mariam Rashid, who was involved, along with Dave and Jessica, in making the film in Bangladesh. She is herself from Bangladesh and is presently researching how communities there are adapting to the effects of climate change in their lives. Hello to you all. Hello. 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 Dave, um, the film made in Bangladesh reveals two frighteningly polarised and extreme situations in the country. One is drought, in more in the north, and the other in the south is increasing storms, wind and rain, which are leading to, amongst other things, increased salt in the water. And the film reveals that both situations have become so extreme because of climate change, is that right? And both are devastatingly threatening food security. There's increasing evidence that climate change is leading to a range um, of environmental effects around the world. And these play out in different ways in different parts of the world. Now, in Bangladesh, the north of the country is becoming increasingly prone to drought and shortage of clean drinking water. The south of the country is afflicted in a very different way. It's very low-lying and adjacent to the coast, and it's prone to flooding. It's always been prone to flooding. But what climate change scientists are now finding is that the country is increasingly prone to extreme weather events, such as storms and cyclones. Now, part of the problem is that over the long term throughout this century, there will be increased sea level rises in the south of Bangladesh, as indeed there will be in most coastal regions around the world. That's not the problem at the moment. The main problem at the moment is that this increased stormy weather and cyclones is leading the saline frontier, the salty water from the sea, in other words, to encroach inland, up rivers. Now, what we found when we visited Bangladesh to make this film is that in Kulna district, following a storm in 1998... The salty water was pushed in from the sea, and when the flood water subsided, the composition of the rivers had changed from fresh water to saline. Now, that's posed a massive threat to the people of this district. They've had to adjust to this change in their environment. Their land has become increasingly saline. They can't grow the crops they used to grow, and their water has become more salty, and it's not suitable for fresh drinking water. People are now having to walk further to get fresh drinking water, and they cannot grow crops such as rice in the, the fields that they used to be able to. They've had to change their farming practices. We hear and we see terrible images of people having to adapt and change and telling their stories. And Mariam, for the purpose of this film, one of your roles was to use your experience to identify individuals who could share how climate change had affected their lives at a local level. How hard was this? Or would you say that absolutely everybody in those areas in the South that Dave was just talking about are affected. That was very easy to find, actually. And it was easy to find people whose lives have been affected. It was easy to find you know, community-based organizations who've actually worked with these people on a day-to-day basis in trying to improve their lives and find alternate livelihood methods for them. So we see like people, even in 2001 and 2000, have been affected by climate change. They probably can't tell you the exact science about it if you ask them, like, What is climate change? They won't be able to tell you. But if you ask them, like, what are the changes that you are facing? What are the situations that you have gone through? Like, what do you face now that you didn't face 10 years ago? And they will tell you straight away. They'll tell you, like, their crop production hasn't been good due to saline water. The water in their wells are getting more saline as days go by. They'll tell you, like, even now when they had, like, one severe cyclone, maybe in 10 years, they're facing, like, more severe cyclones 
comes very frequently, maybe one in every like two, three years gap. People say like there were like three cropping cycles in a year. Now that has shifted and they've actually had to change crops to adapt. Was there any one individual who you would have really liked to have included that showed another aspect than we saw in the film? There are some people who actually have bought a land inland, a bit away from the coast that wasn't um, salinized before, and they've started shrimp cultivation because that is very profitable, and they've actually dug channels to bring in more saline water and flood those fields with saline waters. So the people who actually want to grow rice on their little patches of land have no other choice but to convert to shrimp cultivation because the other surrounding areas have flooded their land with water. The shrimp production was going on in the coast in an intensive way, and then some influential people thought they'd make more money out of it by flooding already good farmland that wasn't saline before. But now that has become an increased problem because now they're seeing like salinity has intruded even further, and they are actually losing production because they're it's becoming more and more saline with each increasing storm surge. So the social effects, the knock-on social effects, are enormous. The fact that now, because of people moving and trying to sort of in a way cash in on on mm. the, the shrimp production, then it's affecting other people. Is this something that is the true, Jessica? Generally, of the sort of knock-on social effects of the of this whole situation. I think what we can say is that the poorer people whose livelihoods are already vulnerable will become more affected by climate change. For example, people who rely on small farming to bring in money for their families, people who rely on water from small wells rather than household supply. As those sources become fewer and further between and as they become saline, people have to walk further to obtain water. And this, of course, affects predominantly women who are largely responsible in Bangladesh for collecting drinking water. And it's difficult to transport large quantities of water over a large distance. So it's not just the fact that Bibi Jan had to walk three hours to collect water, but the fact that when she got there, the amount of water that she could carry was actually quite small and probably not sufficient for her family's entire needs. In terms of um, adaptation, Miriam, um, and dealing with this salinization, what do people living in this situation believe the priority is? They do want the government to do something to help them. But at the same time, they're not just stuck in the situation. They are doing whatever they can to help themselves. And basically, uh, the union pressure chairman, which is like actually the lower level of government, they are actually taking an active role in trying to find out adaptation methods. And though the people are waiting for something concrete, as in like adaptation policy that is going to help them better their lives but they are doing what little they can to adapt because in the end you have to survive. Are there other situations where they've managed to work the situation already without government yeah. help? Yes, they have actually. And like in the absolute southern part of the country, since it's a tidal floodplain, it floods. And the people in that area for years and years, they've actually had floating gardens where they grew their vegetables. So if the water rises, the garden rises with them. So they have their vegetables, they have rice, they have turmeric and cucumber and all sorts of things planted in this area. So 
like some non-governmental organizations and community-based organizations have seen it, and they've taken this technology further inland, where they are facing more flooding and waterlogging now. So people inland are doing that when the floods come in. So they have a source of food, they have a livelihood when they can't farm on their land. But I suppose in terms of drinking water, that's still, I mean, still, that, that's, yes, still, that's, that's still, still an necessity, problem. Yeah. Because, like, the wells are get, getting more saline. And also in the southern coast of Bangladesh, we have a problem of arsenic in the water, in the well water. So basically, right now, water resources are in a very bad state in that area. From the Open University. For more information, go to www.open.ac.uk forward slash use.